Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Uh, still on the road as we introduce Julia Gentry. Uh, ask better questions to get better answers. Seems pretty obvious, but Julia takes us through the four questions today and the relationship that you can have with people as a starting point with these four questions can really set the foundation to making sure that your relationship moving forward is in the right context for what you're trying to achieve. And as we go through them today, is you can see with a great deal of experience that Julie has had in the past dealing with people in vulnerable situations and asking these questions can really open up an opportunity to make sure that we're coming from the right place when obviously providing them with advice when it comes to their financial future, but also when it comes to their next chapter in their real estate journey. Hopefully these help. Hopefully they give you better context to be able to ask better questions to therefore get better answers and get way better results. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Julia, welcome back to Rethink Real Estate. Thanks, Ben. So... I have dogs in the background, full disclosure, so if they bark, then they bark. You have kids in the background, but <laughs> so if they scream. Full, full disclosure, if they bark, they bark. <laughs> do, <laughs> I hope that none of them are barking. That's kind of a bit strange, really. I, have a th- I mean, I have a three-year-old, so like half of what comes out of his mouth, you're like, what? What, are, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so you sent me an audio message the other day about some stuff that we're working on, and um, you're like, hey, I'm just at the pool, so I just wanted to wanted to sort of send you some thoughts. And there was like, I thought someone was being murdered in the background. <laughs> You know that we've like made it somewhere in our relationship when I'm when I'm able to voice memo you at the pool with five children. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you do it. You do it. And uh, and as everybody hears five children, we all take a deep breath and go, "She's a saint." She's a saint. I'm brilliant or insane. I'm something. I'm something. Oh well. We'll let those decide in their own time <laughs> and space so on today's episode. But today's episode, um, we're talking about. Um, We've discussed probably three or four different titles, but I'm going to go with the first thing that comes to mind, better quality questions. Um, then we had give a damn questions. Um, yeah. But I, I sort of said this to you just before is that it, it starts with off with like reading the situation and the people a little bit better. Um, yeah. But now I'm thinking about that. It's not kind of, it's, it's not kind of then thinking that you understand the situation. You ask questions to understand those people better in order to then to give them the greatest advice. Yeah. Um, and I think that in real estate, I think we often take this approach of the the one size fits all mentality. What do you think? I think that we're, I think, you know, again, I've worked with clients in every type of industry. And so I think that this, this can happen no matter what industry you're in, but I think we can get so rote in our scripts, right? Especially in real estate. Like you, you, you literally cut your teeth in this industry by learning good scripts and sticking to the script. And so I think that what happens is we're so script minded that we actually care more about the script than we care about what people are saying. Mm. And then I think that depending upon the market, right, we care so much about making a buck that we actually don't care about people. <laughs> I know that sounds like so bad, but we, we care more about getting to the end of the transaction. We care more about making another dollar. We care more about making ends meet than we actually care about 
servicing people. And I think, you know, what we want to talk about today is, is it's a slippery slope. It's not, it's not complex. It's really simple. Mm. Um, but it's actually been the most profound four questions that I've asked clients in my real estate business, um, in our coaching company. Um, when I first talked to you the very first time that I sold you on the dream, I use it, I've used it for the last 12 years, these four buying questions that I think ultimately help you service people better add more value and then ultimately results in making money. I'm kind of interesting. I'm kind of interested in the fact of how, how you sold me. Cause I don't really remember now as well as what I probably should. I remember the moments, but I don't remember the questions. So uh, talk to me about what they were. Okay. Well, that's part of the whole thing. If I just jumped straight to the chase and this is going to be like a seven minute podcast. No, yeah, but I love that. Like, so that then people get the value, and then we've we've intrinsically held them in here, right? To go, oh, well, well no, explain that. End, give me more I'll context. I'll give you all four buying questions that'll change your life. All I, we did a meeting the other day, and at the end of it, all I could think of is DM me. <laughs> totally, DM me, and I'll give you every secret to every life problem you have. <laughs> do you know the funny part about it after we were talking about like the social media side of it hey dm me is that all i have seen on social now is dm me dm me dm me <laughs> you guys you know i've done my job when ben brady shows up on social media and he starts saying dm me dm me everybody's like i don't get the joke you will you will you will you will so no but- i think so so here's what i think here's what we're getting at today is Ultimately, Tony Robbins says this, but the quality of our questions determines the quality of our answers. Right. So there is a whole episode just personally speaking, right? Because a lot of us are asking questions like, why isn't this working? And why don't clients get back to me? And why can't I be successful in this industry? And why can't I make as much money as them? And you're like, do you really want the answer to that question? Like, don't ask that question because we are that powerful of people that we will find that answer. We will find every reason as to why we can't be successful and why clients aren't calling us back and why the market hates us and why the industry sucks. And I mean, we just were that powerful. And so I think that personally speaking, just the concept will completely change our lives if we learn how to change our questions. Okay. Right. Now, when we're thinking about it from a buying conversation, I think what starts to happen is that so often in this industry, we just want to get to the end. Like we know what we can do for them and we just want to get them to the end and we just want to get them serviced and we want to get to the right as fast as we possibly can. But I think that what we're missing is the idea that if I actually can do these questions well, I'm not only just making a buck, I could actually build a business on on offering value to people that can't not buy from me for years to come because I actually care, yeah. right? And then I can actually build my CRM and my follow-up process and all the things built around actually caring about people and caring about the process more than just the destination. And that's what I've seen in this business. The people who are the most successful actually care about the business. They care about the people. It's not an idea. It's not a concept. It's just not a nice postcard that they send, like, I care the most. They actually Mm. do. Right. And so what you're seeing is that in any industry, in any market cycle that they're still doing well is simply because they fostered the principles behind what we're going to talk about today. So question, how do you know, like, because I think that there's a lot of people probably listening at the moment and there's probably speaking to a larger audience that stipulate, they go, well, no, I care but they say they care, they're probably pretending they care, but they don't really know it or they want to care. They really want to care, but they they might not. They think they need to care. There's all these different iterations that I can say. 
how does somebody identify whether or not they care or they don't? Because, and I know that that might seem a silly question because someone's probably sitting there going, well, you know if you care, Ben, and you know if you don't. Well, not really when you're in the heat of a moment, heat of a deal, the momentum is just running, um, you know, and, and somebody's reaching out to you and they say, can you list my home or can you show me a home or things along those lines. Yeah. How do you catch yourself whether you care or whether you don't? How do you qualify whether you do or you don't? Yeah, I think that you will always know if you care because it's sustainable. Okay. So I think in in any area of our life, if I'm doing it for the sake of doing it because I want your validation, right? Or I'm people pleasing, or I need to make as much money as I possibly can, or I just want to be better than that guy, or I'm trying to, right? My motivation is truly built in fear or ego. It's mm. not actually sustainable. Meaning in a year or five or 10, I will burn out, Right. When you care about something, you're playing a totally different game because you're not just playing for the finish line. You're not just playing for the quota. You're playing, you're, you're playing because you, you care. You're connected to the reason you're, you're connected to a deeper reason as to why you're doing what you're doing. And so you're not doing it for the, for the, the buck, right. Or the quick fix. You're doing it because you can't not do it. So I think it's really built around Do I care about this means that well, I'll do this, whether it takes me a hundred phone calls to land a deal or it takes me two. That's not why I'm doing these calls. I'm doing it because it's who I am. It's a reflection of my character, right? I think that that's totally different. So if people are like, well, I'm just going to make, I'm going to make my sales call for the next 90 days. And then when they get too busy, then they stop making their sales calls and then they're right. And then they have all these reasons of why they're not making money and all things. You're like, well, you got back to, if you got back to making those calls, well, I don't want to, well, there, there you go. Like that's yeah. not sustainable. Right. Because I think that we'd be speaking to more of, and again, I'm making an assumption here, but maybe more of the audience are the ones that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, and, then at that level, you have to look at it. So I think I always say two things in this industry, because again, it's the easiest one to get in and it's also the easiest one to get out. So people right. get in because it looks easy to make money. Great. Well, if you're like, well, I don't want to, then you have two options. A, get out of the industry and go find one you care about. Yeah. Right. Or B, um, do it differently. Yeah. Like for me, when I built my real estate company in 2008, uh, we were doing short sales at the time. And I would call, I mean, hundreds of people lo- potentially losing their homes, many of which didn't answer, many of which did, many of which had a million things to say to me about the fact that I was calling them about the short sale. And I was like, it's public information, bro. Like you're losing your home. The world knows. Like I could, I could Google who's losing their home. Can you take us through that script? Can you take us through that script? I'd like yeah. to hear what you would say to people in those moments. Because yeah, you would get people at their most, you'd get people at an even more vulnerable state than we see them in in the moments of change when when they're selling their home. Yep. Yeah. What, I mean, like, I, well, so let me tell you. So at first I was, I was petrified. I mean, when I first started, I was petrified of like if the loss mitigation department answered the phone or right. Like this again was days like people didn't really know what short sales were. It was a kind of a shameful thing and the banks didn't really know and so when the bank started answering or I needed to make these phone calls at first, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't care. I can't care. And I was like, but I, I do care. And we could build a sustainable and scalable business if I could figure this out. So instead of just being in my office, in my little cubicle, making phone calls, I literally would sit out at the pool when I didn't have children, much easier to actually do it then. I just got comfortable in my own skin or I'd go on a walk. Like that to me was, I didn't change who I was calling or what I was saying. I just was like, what would put me in the best space to make these calls that I could do this all day long? So I need to sit by the pool or I'd go for a walk. I've got the greatest line ever though that just come to my mind. You should do it now around the pool with kids and be like, you hear them screaming in the background? It's because they're hungry. I need this deal. 
That is so good. It's so good. Help me, I'm poor. Help me, I'm poor. How can you say no? I've had five children and I need to feed them. Oh, the guilt. <laughs> oh, man. No, I think my, my script, it's been so long. I mean, this was 2008. It was something around the lines of like, hey, hey Ben Brady, uh, my name is Julia Gentry. I'm with Ego Homes and I'm calling because I noticed that your home is now going through foreclosure due to short sales. And there's a lot of different reasons that that happens, but I, I probably would understand that what's happening to you is not what you chose. How did you get my name? Well, it's, it's public information. My company has been built designed to help you understand the short sale process and to make sure that you actually know what you can and can't do. Okay. Get my attention. And then I would walk them through understanding. Here's what a short sale is. Here's how it works. Here's what happens if you let it go to foreclosure. Here's what happens if you let it go through a short sale. We can actually walk you through the process. We can do our best to not have that show up on your credit. And I mean, we, at that time, we were managing 50 to 60 short sales at any given time. And it just became, right? But I would ask him these four questions. You want to yeah. take questions now? Okay. Yes, please. Yes. So once I got him enough hook, and again, believe me, I had people hanging up. So this was not like a 10 for 10. Like you got to get them in that first, right? That first little window. But the idea here of these four value added questions help you personally as the question asker to check your motives. So I'm just like anyone else in there. I love quota. Like I love knowing a goal and all day long. I love making money. Like I love all of those things, right? If I have a goal of 25, I love to do 27, right? Like I, I am equally as obsessed with that kind of stuff. So please hear me when I'm like, I'm not just all about significance and making the world a better place. I like money and I like spending it. So for those me, five kids aren't going to feed themselves. <laughs> Sorry, they really, they're really getting the run this you're just episode. Fascinated. You're just fascinated, aren't you? <laughs> it's just, it's easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this helps me check my motive every single time when you start to ask it. So it's a good practice because it gets you as the question asker to go, all right, check my motive. Why am I doing this? Get my heart right. Get my mind right. Right. Serve, serve people. You serve more people. The more value you can add, the more money you can ultimately make. Why? Because money is a byproduct. Right. It's not a starting point. It's an end point. So first question is, um, how, did, how did you get here? Why I'm asking this question is I want to understand their past. Right. That helps me understand context as to how did you get here to the point that you wanted to sell your home? How did you get here to the point that now you're in right foreclosure? How did, so how did you get to the point that you want to move across the country now? Like, Tell me about the context of what got you from where you are or where you were to where you are. That helps me have context. It supports them and adds value to their life because who doesn't not love talking about themselves? Fair. Everybody. Then when you start, when they start to open up around, oh, well, we move from here because of family. You're like, family, like, who do you know here? Why do you like, there's going to be multiple layers underneath there. But what you're trying to do is to understand where they come from. You're okay. trying to understand their mindset. You're trying to understand um, you know, their basis of making this decision, right? It just gives context and it just serves them because it's probably been a while that someone's cared enough to go, tell me your story. People love their story. It, it's, it's so funny. I, I, like when you go down the path with somebody about tell me more about you or tell me where you're from or whatever, there's very, very rarely do people not want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what's interesting is that even I had a friend who does a lot with people that are homeless. Okay. And she said that they have actually learned that the two questions, if you're going to actually give, whether it's food or money or anything to someone on the side of the road, the two mo the most important questions you could ask is, hi, sir. Hi, ma'am. What's your name? And they'll tell you your name. And then you look at them and you go, where are you from? 
They say that it actually like literally humanizes someone to just be able to say their name and to be able to say where they came from, that it actually creates a connection within people and that it's done more uh, benefits for people who are at a really hard time in their life than any other questions you could ask. That's so interesting. So fascinating. So we don't stop. But when you do, just say, hey, hi, what, what's your name? And I'll say, John. You go, John, where are you from? I'll say, yeah. you know, Missouri. You, and you go, bless you today. It just, it, I don't, it does something in us as people that when someone just wants to know your name and then they can say their name again, hi, John, hi, Ben, tell me your story. And then they get to just tell you where they're from. It just, it kind of grounds us again. So that is huge for people just to now be heard and grounds them in their story, right? So that's step one. Now, once you have context, like this is literally like, pretend that you have to come back to me and give me context about their past. You want to know those things. That's important to them and to you because you learn a lot about people based upon what they tell you and what they don't. Again, this was huge when I did short sales. It was incredible all the things they didn't tell you, right? <laughs> so you got to start to kind of get good. And later on, you're like, well, it might have helped for me to know that you filed bankruptcy yesterday. You know, like yeah. what in the world? It's the same experience that we have within real estate when ultimately they don't tell you their financial situation up front and then ultimately you have a great offer on the table and then you find out that there is a financial need that needs to be met elsewhere. Um, one, maybe because you didn't ask questions or two, because they might have hid it from you. It's always best to sort of dive into that situation and find it up front. Totally. And that's why these questions, when I started asking them, they did change the game. Every Is it 10 for 10? No. But it, it, I found that in asking these four simple questions that I was actually able to create a connection with them. And when you create a connection with them, they're going to feel more like, they're going to be more apt to tell you some of those things, right? right? So when you start to link some of those things, it allows you to kind of go, oh, well, then why did you move from here to here? That's probably the answer to that question you needed to know, right? Or at least give you some some context as to why they might not want to tell you their right. financial status or whatever it is. So once you know that, then you're going to ask them, where are you going? Right? Like what's important to you? This okay. is a very vision future oriented question, right? So however, again, depending upon the person that you're talking to, this doesn't even have to be in real estate. You could be talking to a friend. If you're like, I'm not a good communicator to ask these four questions, right? If you're with a client, if you're with a strategic partner, these questions work every single time, but it is a uh -huh. future-oriented question. So, hey, hey, Mr. Smith, you, you want to move. Tell me why you want to move. What's important to you? Where are you going with this move? Right mm -hmm. now, you actually take someone from not just where they've been in their past, but now you get to actually see uh, their future. Yep. Is this home for you the next 10 years? Is this home for you the next five years? Is this just because of your job? Like, tell me what's important to you in this move, in this transaction, in this step. Now people don't even just tell you about their home, though that's important to you. I get that we have to like understand all the things that people want. You actually get to understand a bigger reason as to why they're doing what they're doing, selling, buying, short selling, doesn't matter what it is, but you need full context as to their pure motivation. Yep. So, right? so you've got two questions just to reiterate so far through the four that you would ultimately ask. Can I ask... It, it, there's no particular time. Is this to establish a relationship in the very beginning if you, if it's cold? Yeah. Um, so you're not asking – so, for example, if I liken it to the vertical of, or, or I, I draw a parallel to the real estate transaction, this is when you first met somebody, whether it be at an open house or you're following up from an open house or you've, yep. you've been introduced or something along those lines. This is not at the listing presentation. This is – I do this – so just to give context, I could do this in five minutes with someone at an open house. And I would repeat it if I were to go do a listing presentation with them. 
Uh, okay. They're not going to know. They're not going to be like, you already asked me all those questions. Or you just say, hey, like you and I briefly touched on this at the open house, but tell me again, like, how did you get here again? Yeah. Okay. Right. I get to right? Open like, up, give more context. Or, yeah. Or so it's like you will replay these, whether you've got 45 seconds, whether you've got 10 minutes or whether you have an hour, all yeah. of these are the basis of exactly how you're going to do the conversation. So, so this, like that first question about, you know, tell me, tell me about yourself or, or, or you know, how did you get here? Um, is that there's a question that we ask in the pre-qualification on the phone. Well, certainly that I did over the phone is that one of the things that I would do is that I would get a phone call. Let's say someone called me and said, Ben, we're looking at selling our home. We saw you sold 123 Smith Street. Um, you know, there's a process that I'd call them back and whatever. The first thing that I'd ask them for is give me a virtual tour about your property. Mm-hmm. You know, you start at the front door and walk and walk me all the way through, focusing on the things that you, why you bought the property, what you improved in the property um, since you've been there, um, and then really focus. And then they have a really hard time in the beginning of this going, oh, well, it's three bedrooms, it's two bathrooms. It's like, no, 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 no. So let, let's start at the front. What type of street appeal does the property have? Does it have a, have a big front yard? Oh, yeah, yes, it does. Great. Is there a front porch? No, you sort of walk straight to the front door. Excellent, okay. Is it a double door? Is it a single door? It's a single door. When you open that door, where are you immediately at that point? And you're sort of walking them through their property. And the reason I do this on the first phone call is to keep them on the phone for a long enough period of time to get to know them a little bit better mm-hmm. and understand what's important to them. There's another portion of this as well that might be very salesy, Julia, so you shut me down if you think it is. But I once I've got a I've got a virtual tour of their property and I'm writing down all the notes. I go into that presentation and then I have my talking points. Oh, are these the curtains that you you made? Unbelievable, great, awesome. What if they are? Okay, um, but but the other part of it is as well is that it just gives me an opportunity to understand how realistic they are in their view. Oh no, we have an open floor plan and then there's twelve walls between the front entrance and their kitchen. You know, like it, it, it sort of allows me to understand the nature of that individual. Yeah. Am I thinking of that more along the lines of how to close the deal than I am the, the portion part. that we're going through? Yeah, I think both, right? Like, so again, when I think about, I think that, that you're incredible when it comes to skill set training, like you're one of the best that I've actually seen in the industry and I've seen, I've seen a lot in the industry, right? So I think that your approach is incredible. I Thank think you. what now with the combo is, is this mindset, heart set, skill set. So what I would encourage Prior to this, so when we were doing short sales, again, we're going to go to the, uh, any transaction we could argue is vulnerable, especially for people who have right a lot of emotion tied up into the buying selling process. When you're dealing with people who are literally losing their homes, th- that's an emotional process. Uh-huh. So for me, before I had a checklist of everything that I needed to know about their home before I set my team one of my team members was not in real estate. So she was there just to be my eye. She didn't know the questions to ask. So my, my Q and a had to be good enough to set her up for success. Cause she wasn't there going, Oh, Julia, did you know that this is broken? That she didn't know. Right. Uh-huh. So, but for me, the most important piece is that, and really what the goal of a, of a relationship is Ben is connection. Yep. And we get so far away from that because of quota and all those things. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. I'm just saying that in markets like this, I've talked with probably four handfuls of agents lately that are scrambling right now to figure out how to be on top of the market and how to keep sales coming in and how to get the phone to ring. Well, they've gotten away from some of these basics because the last couple of years, they weren't building connection. They were doing transactions, which is fine. We had an incredible couple of years, but now we have to get back to some of the basics that I'm proposing if we can have connection be the basis of what we're doing and why we're doing it, 
then those additional skill set things that you're talking about that actually help you do your job well will be layered on top of an emotional connection that was already forged because your give a damn was high enough to ask questions and really care about their answers. So tell me, uh, tell me how you got here. Okay. Tell me where you're going. Yep. Tell me about your future. Tell me what's important to you. Where are you going? Right. And they'll start, they'll kind of drive up their home. Now tell me, but why do you want to move there? Why do you want to sell there? Like what is most important to you in this hmm. overall process? Right. Yep. Like you want a bigger picture. Now, once they start to do that, you don't again want it to be just about the transaction. You want to actually start to connect to their heart set, if you will. Right. You want to get in that, that emotional wheelhouse as to like how they're making decisions, how they think about this, because then you can start to repeat back some of those things. And again, oftentimes what people say at first is not really what they want. Yeah. So, so you're that's master a, that's at such this. a good that's such a good point. I was just about to say that to you is that you know, and, and again, it's a cynical point of view is that yes, you ask better questions to get ask better quality questions to get better quality answers, sure. But when it comes to the vulnerability of people's financial situations and all of that type of stuff, I often find that they're not as upfront with you in the uh, in the very beginning. So it's kind of having to go back and reiterate these questions maybe multiple times throughout the transaction. Yeah, totally. Well, and here's also what I would think is, you know, as a real estate agent, we have to find our unique value proposition. And again, one of the things I love about Harcourts is auctions. Like in my mind, I'm like, that's one of the best out there. However, I think the next best to that would be when was the last time a homeowner was actually approached by someone who did care and asked about their story to the point that they felt comfortable enough that even when that homeowner kind of got a little, was like, no, I just, I really want to know about your story and your life and why this is important to you and what you want to get out of this. I mean, I kid you not, one of our biggest deals that we've done from an investor perspective was, was my husband um, went to this home. This was years ago, but it was a total rehab of a home. These people come to find out had gotten bombarded with investors from, you know, the postcards to the mailings, to the door knocks, to the, you name it. I mean, they had later, they showed Travis a stack. So we were one in that stack, right? Travis does the same thing. He's asking about the, he's asking where they're going and they're kind of giving, I mean, here, this house is a disaster. It's blatantly obvious that they have no money, no no right to be even in this home. And so they're kind of like, well, we just want to get the most money that we can. And of course, Travis is like, bro, like, oh, are you for real? Like this house is falling apart, you know, like it's calling the kettle black. So then, so Travis is, so I just want more money. I just want more money. And you could poke and people won't always give you the answers, right? They're going to close off and be shut down. So he goes to the next question, which is question number three. Okay, great. You want to make the most amount of money you possibly can. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay, great. Is, is, do you have a speed in which one? Yeah, I want to close tomorrow. Okay, great. Um, and, and, and then the guy's like, yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of, you know, people that are offering a lot of money and Travis in his head, he's like, shoot, you know, cause again, we go in low. And so Travis asked the third question, which is, um, all right, then if you could wave the magic wand, what's the biggest hurdle stopping you from getting what you want most then you have all these investors postcards, you want to get the top dollar. What's stopping you? That is a great question. So just to reiterate, what's the biggest hurdle stopping you from getting what you want? Yeah. Here's what the guy says. I've got crap everywhere. What am I going to do with all this junk? Travis goes, I'll give you X price. I'll remove all the junk for you. The guy shakes his hand and goes, deal. <laughs> Travis was the only, these other people even offered more, but Travis basically said, but the, all the other people were like, you got to get rid of the junk. Travis knew in his head what that's five grand to get guys to come in here and pull this out. So he's like, 
I'll give you, so he offers the guy $50,000 less, tells him I'll clean up all that you can move out tomorrow. Guy shakes his hand. It ended up being a six figure deal for us because he simply had the ability to ask a question, didn't get great answers about the future, kind of ones that we would go, well, dude, okay, that sounds awesome. Boom. What's the biggest hurdle and obstacle from you getting what you want? This is the value add. It's that their answer most of the time is us. Bing, bing, bing. So selfishly speaking, we're like, I can help you with that. Like, I know how to do that. Or it's, oh, I know someone that can help you with that. I need a babysitter. Well, if I had someone that could help me make dinner, well, if I had someone that could just clean my floors, if I had someone that could tear down that wall, now we actually get to be a part of that person's journey. We actually yep. get to help go, I can help you solve that problem. I can buy that house from you. I can get you the window cleaner. I can find you that babysitter. I know a guy. I have an attorney, right? Now I actually get to be a part of solving that problem, which is huge for people. It's huge so, for people. So when Travis does this session then and he trains on it, it's actually the three questions because yeah, he only got totally. to the third. He's like, great. All right, we're done. No, the last one's really easy. Can I help you with that? Oh, You got to get okay. their permission. It sounds silly, but you're like, so they go, well, I got to get all this crap out of my house and nobody, did. can I help you with that? Hmm. I have to get their yes. Well, I need to sell my house by this time because my daughter's this. And I, can I help you with that? I, I could use a ton of help. I want to put my house on the market, but it's a mess. Or I need a babysitter. Can I help you with that? Like we have to get people's permission to actually help them accomplish their goal. Now, yeah. when you go, can I help you with that? And you care and you really actually believe that you could be a source of solving that problem. Then they're going to look at you. What are they going to say? No. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to say, no, you can't help me solve that problem. Then they're going to, well, how can you help me solve that problem? Let me show you. Listing presentation. Boom. Let me show you. I'll make an introduction and then I'm going to follow up with you tomorrow and then the next day and then next week, next month. So even if I don't close the deal in that moment, I'm now actually advocating for them. And so I'm playing the game, which is the game in real estate of how do I actually create an ongoing lead source, which is it's always about recency and frequency. So I might not get that deal then, but I'm following up in a week to see, hey, how was the babysitter? Hey, how was your meeting with that attorney? Then I follow up in another week. Hey, you told me that this. Hey, now all of a sudden, it's a recency frequency game. And I'm not only talking to them yesterday, I talk to them once a month, once a week. It's, right? such, a deep, it's such a deeper connection you know, then that, that you can make with that person from a residual perspective when you understand the context of everything that you've just been through. Totally. Because, you know, I think about this because obviously I come at this from a very skill set mentality. You know, the first few questions that we ask at the beginning of a listing pre presentation is first, tell me what you want to achieve today, mm -hmm. right? Which is a broad question and it's kind of like, well, how do I sell my house? Or tell me, but you, you'd think people just go, well, you're here because you want to sell my house. Or you actually called me, buddy. So... <laughs> What's going on here? But it's actually funny to hear people say you really find an understanding in, of somebody in that moment. They're like, how do I sell my home? Or it's, no, how much do you think my home is worth? That's, yeah. a, lot of, that's a lot of the time what somebody will say. And yeah. then follow-up question is that, hey, how will you be choosing your realtor, right? And then thirdly is that how would you like me to close you today? <laughs> and it's and it's more of an abrupt question in that sense because but the, but the nature of that is to make them, make them, make them sort of disarm 
yeah. in the sense of that, hey, I don't want to be that person at the end of this presentation that has gone with the cliche sales training of trying to close you on the spot, mm-hmm. okay, which then unravels all of the relationship that we build here or the trust that ultimately you might have in me at the end of this meeting. So yeah. I really want to make sure that you can relax through this knowing that we've concluded how we're going to conclude this meeting at the very beginning of it. So how would you like me to close the meeting out with you today? Totally. And whilst that, whilst it's all very salesy, there is an element there of the care factor in the fact that I want I care that they listen to what I have to say because then they can make an informed and educated decision at that point. Yeah. Um, but with your questions, I think that it gives a deeper context at a different stage of the relationship. I've, I like starting that relationship has definitely been something that probably falls short. You give me somebody in front of me that wants to sell real estate right now, done. Just but here's here's what I would like to challenge all of us. I mean, try me on this or let me go. I would love it. We should just do like a we should do a reality show around this of let me in on this. Because again, I don't have a dog in the hunt, right? So whenever it's always easier. It's you could look at me in my business and go, JJ, let me in on some of those conversations. So I say this with a grain of salt because it's always easier looking in. But what I learned early on again, when we were managing fit, we had, we had so many people saying yes to us in a season when people did not know what short sales were. And so I got good at understanding the psychology of people too. When you ask them, when you are learned to be comfortable enough in your own skin to know that like, look, this is not about my will, my way, my time, right? That this is not about me. That's a scarcity mindset that we have to learn how to get out of. And you, if you really see people who are really successful long-term too, they, they understand that their job is to add value to the world. That's how we get make more money is you add more value to more people. You care more about less. This, this is how you connect the dots. Now, even if they right away, well, t- you tell me why you're here. You go, great, I will. I am here to tell you why I'm here. But you, I would love to hear your story of what got you to this moment. You got to flip that thing right away. He who starts asking those questions first wins. So they're going to come. A lot of times we, people will come at us because they want to know about you and want to know about, yeah, I'm going to tell you all about my success. I'll tell you all about my history. I will tell you all about the accolades. I'll tell you why you think all the things that one thing I want to ask really quick before I get started is, can you help me understand how did you get to this point that you even wanted to sell your home? Well, you called me. Okay, great. I know that I called you, but you responded so mm-hmm. why, why you are let you me in the front door? Yeah. I was like, you let me in the front door. You've got to be great. You've got to throw that. You have to take control of the conversation. You've got to get through these four buying questions. And believe me, here's why I got to get control of these four buying questions. Because by the time I ask them and I get over here to the point that I go, what's the biggest hurdle then? Hmm. You don't have to sell them. They will sell themselves because yep. when they say, here's my biggest hurdle, you go, can I help you with that? They go, I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you do? And you go, well, can, can I show you what I put together for you? Can I show you, here's what got me to where I am. Here's where I'm going. Here's how I can help you. I have a whole team. Do you know that in this process, not only am I sell your house, like we have an auction team or I have an attorney or I have friends. Do you, do you need Jama juice? Like all of a sudden you're like, you hear enough of their story to where you don't just get to close and follow up and go, Hey, have you been thinking about this? You send them what they need. <laughs> you know, like you meet another human in their journey, you, you serve them. And then not only could you get a dealer transaction right now, if you actually add them to your database and CRM system, and you happen to know that they love Jamba Juice and you know, when their dad died and you understand why they're moving and you know, the book that they need to read, 
Now the biggest thing that we fail to do in real estate is to stay in front of and nurture those people. But if you get a CRM system that once a month is like, hey, call call Johnny about his Jamba Juice. Hey, call Betty because her dad died. Hey, don't forget to send that book to that person. Hey, don't forget. Now I'm literally in front of these people all the time. And so in theory, like we love all the people who are making tons of money right now still in this marketplace. And you and I could name a couple of them. People are calling them. Why? Because they care and they yeah. stay in front of them and they serve them and they ask them questions and they send them resources. And like that starts to change the name, then put skill set on top of that. Then yes, please do a great listing presentation. Yes. Please show them that, you know, that your stuff, you know, like help them to understand that you well, can actually do a good job. To be honest, it actually throws all of the skill set stuff out the window at that point because you've built such a relationship. They call you and they say, Ben, come and list my home rather than, Ben, I'm getting four other agents in, come and compete for my home. 100%. That's, you know, at the end of the day, you, <laughs> an, an abundance of skill set is used to make up for a lack of caring, which totally. it doesn't sound sustainable if you think about it. It's not because then we're resentful when they don't want to, right? We, we get triggered, we get angry, we get defensive, right? Like all the things. So again, if we're really looking at being in an industry that we want to be great at, this will, this will just be convicting for everyone. If you don't want to be in this industry for a while in any market cycle, learning how to adopt and adapt to all the things that are happening then get out of the market, go find something you love. If you're about sustainability here and actually creating some impact for your own business and hopefully for the lives of those around you, then yeah, you build connection. You take a little bit more time in this area. You care more about less. Now you literally have 14 touch points around this person that you could create in this next year because you just took enough time to care in this conversation. Absolutely. Indeed. Well, I think that's a great ending to the podcast. Um, uh, the one final point for those that have actually made it all, all the way to the end, just a little bit of a gem. I've had a thought about this today and I wanted your opinion on it because you're dealing with a lot of people at the moment in the sensitivity of the marketplace being down from a transaction perspective. They're just not used to making – they're used to making a lot more money over the last number of years. Do you think that the last six months, maybe a little bit longer for some, it's probably been – it's almost been 12 now since the transition of the marketplace has changed from a transaction volume. Um, is that – do you think it's good – that the marketplace is reset so that people see that the spigot of the real estate industry does turn off mm -hmm. and it's not always going to run that way. Do you think it's a good or a bad thing? You know, I think that I, I, I th uh, experience means nothing. It's the interpretation we give it, right? So Say that again, it, just for the all of our experiences mean nothing. It's only the interpretation we give it. So in a really simple map, right, it's raining outside and you could wake up and go, oh my gosh, today's going to be the best day ever because it's raining. And I'd wake up and go, oh, today's going to suck because it's raining. It's just rain. It's just rain. It has no meaning other than the one that I give it. So when I look at this mar these market cycles happening, all of us in an unbiased perspective would go, we can make money in any real estate market. It's understanding what the market is doing at every point of the cycle and understanding how do you get ahead of the market, not behind it, right? So I think that what I would continuing to encourage people and what is interesting also about anyone who is or isn't making money in this industry or in this marketplace right now is this, is that I will ask them, hey, over the course of the last couple of years, while the going was hot and you were making crazy money and it was an anomaly, right? Like it was, right? There's also in market cycles, there's anomalies, right? Where you just take it and you're like, you, you double click it and you're like, whoa, that was like an intense buyer's market or an intense seller's market, right? Is were you doing some of the things 
to create sustainable impact with those connections and relationships. No, hmm. they weren't farming. They weren't making their phone calls. They weren't connecting with people. Great. It was a great run, but no now. So now they're having to get back to some of those basics. They have to re-engage with those clients and it take the sales cycles take longer. But had I been planting all of those seeds behind the scenes, would that make a difference? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or what I also encourage people right now is, do you understand the market cycle that we're in? And do you know how to get ahead of the curveball? So we went at some level, we were at a seller's market, which means now we're going to be curving right to where it's going to be this buyer's market. And so it's that it's, we've been in the in-between a long time. That's harder because a lot of times you'll see markets kind of go quicker. So the idea then, well, then if you know that we're heading into a market where if you look at jobs, if you look at um, interest rates, if you look at what companies are doing, what the politics are, if you start to look behind the scenes a little bit and you can position yourself to understand or at least take a guess, you're going to position yourself well. In the meantime, what do we need to be doing? Having these conversations, calling our database and asking these same questions. These same questions. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Smith, I haven't talked to you in four years since you bought your house or 10 years. I'm so sorry it's been so long. How you doing? Where you been doing? Where you at? Where you headed? What's important to you? They're going to be like blown away. You know, I'm not selling my house. No, I know that. I just, how yeah. are you? And it's just reframing it. It's like, it's like, it's like, just wanted to say how you see how you're doing. Yeah. What have you, you been, through, what have you been yeah. doing? Yeah. You know, and then, and then what's, what's going on? What's the future plans? You know, like yes. what, what's happening? Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden you go, you go great. And so your career, oh, you're changing careers. Like, what does that mean for you? Like, I don't know. In the next year, we're probably, okay, what's the greatest hurdle? Like, I don't know. In the market and do I sell my, you, the, you will be shocked. If you could just get back on the phone, get back to the basics, start serving people. If someone goes, I just need help with, I'm true, let me go back to somebody's like a babysitter. You're like, I'll help you with that. Can I help you? Get on care find them a babysitter. The most important thing you could be doing right now is get your database of like volume of value high. Like, I don't know an attorney for my friend. Go meet attorneys. Go just meet attorneys. Make, you, just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just want to make mention that you've brought Go up babysitters. Just yeah, when I mentioned you brought up babysitters just in my head because I need a babysitter. Do you understand what I'm trying to subliminally send messages out there right now that I need a Do you know, okay, here's a, here's a great ending point to this that we take it away from real estate for a second. Justin Green, who you, you're very familiar with, said the other day, um, we were sitting there, we were having a drink and, um, and, uh, and he's like, he goes, well, yeah, well, like, well, what's a good rate for a babysitter? I'm like, well, you have four kids, bud. Like, because he's also got an army. Between the two of you guys, you got to take over the world. Um, however, however, he, he's he's like, well, what's a good rate? I'm like, mate, you couldn't pay me enough to take care of four kids. <laughs> and and he's like, well, no, but seriously though, like, what's the rate? What did Sevy used to charge one of the, the kids who babysit? Like, oh, 50 bucks an hour. He's like, what? That's way too expensive. I would like 20 bucks an hour. Like, absolutely. I'm like, for four kids, dude, no way. It's, you know, it's so we're actually, we just hired a new up here. And we did this when we had three and now we've done this when we have four and five. I cannot tell you the amount of crickets that we've gotten. Like, it's almost like people are rejecting us hard. Like it is a hard pass on the Gentry family when we have five children now. It's a thing. Tell Justin to call me. I'll help him figure out his rates. He's cheap. (laughs) Justin's cheap. The cheapest. You heard it here first, folks. You totally (laughs) bought dinner that night too, didn't you? (laughs) Actually, do you know what? He came to my team drinks. He came for a beer. (laughs) Ah, there you go. Julia, thank you for joining us on Rethink Real Estate, as always. It's great to be here. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. 
It would mean the world to us and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.